Hey everyone, welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great, Todd. Definitely. Well, so, staying busy. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm scratching my head here because, you know, I've got this, most of you can't see it. It's just like this space control panel in front of me. And uh, normally when I when I switch between us, your name tag doesn't come along with it. I invoke that normally, Chris. You can't see it because you're just seeing me. But right. uh, I can't figure out how I. I'll, I'll figure it out here in a second. I'll, halfway through, I probably put a purple haze over you or something, Rob, uh, <laughs> during the live show because uh, I'll push some button and then I'll be really cussing myself. So maybe I'll just wait to the end. But anyway, hey everyone, welcome. Uh, you guys don't care about my technical difficulty. 99.9% of you are listening. and uh, But I do want to thank everyone that's on the live stream. If you're on YouTube, make sure you say hello. If you're on Facebook, make sure you check in. Say hello, hello, hello. We want to hear from you. Of course, we're on Twitch, Twitter as well. So Todd, I thought I thought you said in the stats that you um, that you shared with the, the listeners that about 20% of our audience is on video. Yeah, right? they are, well, that have subscribed to the podcast video, not that watch us on Facebook. Oh yeah, 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 as far as that yeah. Because right. if, if it right. was as far as live, especially, <laughs> yeah, right. because it'd be like five, <laughs> right? It's not that many people that watch live, right? You know, I, you know, and so anyway, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, just say hello. That's all you have to do, right? Right. But uh, so uh, a week out, I was uh, down in Florida, Rob, mm -hmm. Rob, Rob. I have to tell you, it was on my Facebook. Uh, page and I triggered a yeah, few people. Yeah. Florida was open. Bars, yeah. restaurants, beaches, hangout right. areas. And Tampa, they got this like public place where people can bring their dogs and it's the boardwalk or the river right. sidewalk. It's right. beautiful. <laughs> and you go down there and get a beer, sit in a lawn chair on some AstroTurf <laughs> and, you know, just watch the world walk by or whatever. Mm -hmm. Holy different vibe. I mean, it, I'll be honest with you. It felt like freedom, freedom, freedom. It was crazy. And people, yeah, I would say mask wise, I went in a few places around my daughter's place in Tampa where no one was wearing a mask. These are like little mom, pop place, dinners, diners, that kind of stuff. But where there was masses of people, I'd say probably 75% were wearing masks. Right. And there were no Karens or Kevins that were, you need to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, you know, but, you know, I, I wore a mask, though, because yeah. around that many people and uh, my mom was with me and. She's, uh, she half wore a mask. Sometimes it was right here, but she wore yeah, a mask. Well, um, but anyway, a lot of people do that. Right? It, it was yeah. really awesome. And of course I got to see my new grandson. So, mm -hmm. and you know, I was really made you feel good. I, we rolled in there. I opened the door. Of course, ding, ding. I just didn't walk into my daughter's house and daughter right. opened the door for me. And I walked in and my two year, almost two year old granddaughter she says sees me she goes papa 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 comes up and jumps up on me and hugs me like i'd been gone forever so that that felt pretty good so she hadn't mm -hmm. forgot <laughs> right 
<laughs> I forgot what you looked like. Right, yeah. right. right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I had a great time. It was short, but it was fantastic. So, yeah, 10 pounds. He was 8.8 .8 when he was born, and he's up to 10 pounds. A very wow. healthy wow. young boy. <laughs> Sounds like it. Wow, 10 like, pounds already. And, of course, all babies are good-looking or cute, so it doesn't matter if they're ugly. They're all cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the eyes of the beholder right that's now. a fact and no one ever calls that's a baby ugly doesn't matter right. everyone always says in facebook or in you whatever that's such a cute baby and they're kind of like thinking internal in their head right that's an ugly kid you know <laughs> <laughs> that never happens Todd. no never we've never no one's ever done that but uh right right so what you been up to how you been oh i'm doing fine you know, just keep, uh, you know, working on various projects that are going on. You know, the, the, the podcast Academy is, um, charging forward too, as you probably saw online that we're trying to wrap up the, the nominations for the upcoming Ambi awards. So yep. that was, that was a big thing that's been happening this week. And then the whole flow of, uh, you know, commentary and things have started to come out uh, around the end of the year um, about predictions for 2021 and a little bit of recap of what we just went through in 2020. I think that there's been a lot of people in the industry that have, you know, put uh, their keyboards to virtual paper and gotten some stuff written up and, and submitted over to the newsletters. And they all seem to be starting to run those things. I know I had a post that was in the podcast business journal. I, I believe it came out on Monday. Um, that was it. It wasn't a complete picture. Actually, I had written a lot more probably two or three months ago. But I know that we set the expectation that we were going to talk about what what we think um, twenty twenty represented uh, today on the show, and then also think a little bit about uh, what's next, what's coming up in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So I, I, you know, and I really, to be honest with you, I didn't really get to thinking about it real hard, right? Until like this morning i knew we were going to talk about this and um i i had a, a piece due to ed anyway for you know my reflections on 2020 and what i think 2021 is going right. to look like so kind of it'll come out tomorrow on that newsletter so i, I think though that i um really kind of summed it up in some of the stuff that we've talked about a lot this year but um mm -hmm. you know i think you know we both have our have our list. And I, I, I guess if you look at 2020, you know, while the pan pandemic's been just devastating globally, I know there's people, I mean, there's people really, really, really hurting globally. Mm -hmm. You and I have both said that we've been lucky because we've largely been unaffected and it's not only been business as usual, but we're very, very busy. Yeah. So I, I, I call 2020 a tremendous, growth year with a significant number of independent podcasters starting initial second and third shows. So, right. you know, that's, you know, for, and, you know, I guess we need some positive news, you know, considering everything going on. And of course, everybody think there's light at the end of the tunnel now with vaccines starting mm -hmm. and our healthcare workers getting vaccines and first responders and stuff that have been out there in the front lines and God bless them for what they're doing. So, but I also, well, I, I guess, you know, that was my initial, just, that was my initial first bullet. What What is your initial first bullet on how 2020 has been? 
Well, I do think it, it's been a year of rapid acceleration of the digi- the digitization of the economy, right? Just in mm-hmm. a general sense and people's participation in online media and virtual conferencing, virtual business activities, I think has seen just a, just a spike. And I think podcasting was a beneficiary of uh, that um, spike in growth of uh, whether it be e-commerce, whether it be online video, whether it be all sorts of digital conversion of businesses that were forced to shut down physical locations and yep. and start doing things more online. Uh, you know, you, you saw a spike in home delivery services. You <clears> saw a spike in you know Amazon just exploding in what they're doing, and then then you see in the same year Amazon jumps into podcasting in a in a way that's just beginning. Um, so I think 2020 is really kind of a revolutionary year for the, the digitization really is what I like to say of our, our real world. Um, so podcasting, you know, in some ways it was in some ways, initially it was a little bit of a step back because listenership kind of fell off early to some degree uh, early in the pandemic, um, about mid year. Um, but yeah, some platforms didn't, I think it's the composition of the content, uh, what was it and what wasn't and how people were listening to that content, I think had a little bit of fluctuation, but things have come back on that. I do think that the advertising market, uh, retracted a little bit, um, kind of didn't grow as fast a, a pace as everybody was expecting it to. Um, and that appears to be coming around again too. So you know, things are looking, looking up. I think that there's a lot of, um, concern and worry about the impacts of IPv6, which a lot of people don't really understand what that means or how that works or, or probably actually really care. Um, but I think that that is a, um, an Im- impact, um, potential that is being realized in 2020 that, uh, we will all grapple with as we move into 2021. So big picture. Oh, and then the globalization of this medium that is right, right along with the digitization that I was talking about, um, is, is certainly, a, um, a phenomenal and just the rate of growth and the diversity around race and gender and, and different cultures and languages. And, uh, I mean, I mean, if you look at just every aspect of this medium, it's, there's just been a lot of, a lot of innovation, a lot of new um, things, you know, around transcriptions, monetization, consolidation. It, just go through the litany, Todd, of of elements of this medium and how it's just, you know, exploded in in a lot of ways. And I I believe in audience too. You know, I I really look came from the perspective of the podcaster, the independent podcasters. I looked at right. I looked at that focus. I focus more there mm-hmm. and. Although I do a must, I, I must admit that we've seen an incredibly high number of companies start podcasts, you know, for the yeah. first month or right. two, that's, you know, my phone was, I was working 15 hours a day. Yeah. It was companies that were trying to get online in a hurry, but you know, what was really kind of amazing about that was <coughs> they ramped up fast. I mean, they, they ramped up really fast and some folks took a 30 minute call. Some folks took a two hour call, but they all, bam, they were on it and going. And because they were already using some digital tools like Zoom and stuff like that, that they just, 
they they added podcasts as part of their arsenal because mm -hmm. all these companies were already doing YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They were doing everything. So they just added one more, you know, one more shell to their to their arsenal of uh of things to reach customers. But another thing that we saw, and of course it's largely because we launched a, a new product in May, was the private internal podcasting piece. You know, company after company after company calling us and wanting to put in and impl implement a system where they could do reach their employees, maintain security of the media, and guarantee uh, utilization or actually listening of that media or watching of that media. And uh, so we saw this, while companies sometimes dual-headed, they did the public side and they did the private side. And sometimes mm -hmm. they did more on the private side than they did on the public side. So that was, you know, interesting dynamic for at least for me to watch. And I think what's going to end up happening here, and I want to get too far ahead of myself. I don't want to get into the predictions of 2021, at least for me yet. But mm -hmm. I think finally, after 15, 16 years of screaming, I think that uh, podcasters are finally, mostly, largely, what can I say? What more little buzzwords can I use? Understanding the value of having a website for their show. It's for a while, for a while there, a lot of podcasters thought I could do without. Mm -hmm. And everything I went to from every training event, every virtual conference, didn't hear anyone. There was not a person that advocated not having a website. And I think that's right. starting to resonate. Um, doesn't matter where, what platform they're on, if they over with Libsyn, Podbean, whoever, having their own website and using your host as your host and your website as your brand, that to me was like a major, major, is a major win. Now, there's still going to be thousands mm -hmm. of shows that aren't, but th those that, those that have engaged in that, methodology you know we talked about it here just a couple of weeks ago talking about google and the impact google's having on podcast discovery and not only podcast show discovery but podcast episode discovery mm -hmm. you know i'm actually yeah. i'm actually challenging myself now to write better titles because i'm thinking okay how is someone gonna what are you gonna search for in google that relates to the show. So, and, and so I've actually right. taken more time and thinking about, you know, how I'm putting stuff together for, for my shows. But in, in, in the end though, honestly, engaging content coupled with great show notes and search friendly show titles will continue to see those shows will continue to see significant growth. So you still have to have engaging content. <laughs> you can't be boring and talking like this right. and, you know, <laughs> We rounded yeah. the corner and saw the tree. You know, that, that's not going to work. Right. <laughs> no matter if you have, no matter if you have a rock star website or not, it, that's, that's, you know, you still gotta, you gotta turn and burn. That's why I've got the Red Bull out and no Red Bull's right. not a sponsor here of this show. <laughs> yeah. You gotta bring some, some level of energy to what you're doing to keep people paying attention. I'll still, they'll treat your podcast as a sleep podcast. Or <laughs> right. right? <laughs> well, and there are some podcasts that actually that's their goal is to put people to right, sleep. That's their right. stated goal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But it's you know, the, it, it's the, it's the ACMR or the relaxation podcast. That's right. right. 
uh, and we yeah. don't want to do that. As a matter of fact, Rob, you and I both ought to have little buttons that are, are attached to like cattle prods so that right. when one of us is starting to doze off, we just give each other a little shot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you get, ow, okay, I'm here, yeah. I'm good, I'm ready. That's right, um, yeah. But also we got to look at the other spectrum of, okay, so now we people are going to start getting vaccines. Some won't. It's okay. <laughs> it's your choice. Um, so as podcasters start to go back to the, I, you know, I got some teammates at my company, they're itching. They want to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. They want, they, you know, they're, they're tired of being at home, yeah. you know, and these are not necessarily employees with kids. These are just, you know, they, they're looking forward to talking to people, talking to workmates and, so I think what we'll see is because we've had so many podcasters have one show go to two or go to three, we may see some shows put on pause because now you're in two hours of traffic every day. And that's right. that, that you don't have enough time now to do that second show. So, but, but because so many companies have went remote, some companies are going to go, Hmm, let's get rid of the lease that we've been paying for and all this overhead and infrastructure and, you know, all the stuff that goes along with having an office, mm-hmm. let's save ourselves $50,000 a year. Let's, let's hire, you know, 10 more employees and right. let's stay virtual. So you think about that. Think about the, how much you're paying for rent, electricity, the insurance on that, and then what does that, that's for some companies is, like I said, one, two, three, four, five additional employees. It could be for mm-hmm. us, it would probably be upwards of three employees. We could, if we close our office, we could probably hire three more people just like that on the money we save from rent. Right. But, but again, at what price? So we're not going to close our office. We're going to stay open. We want the team back together, mm-hmm. but some will stay some companies are going to stay virtual. So those folks that are, you know, have that opportunity, they're going to, they're, they're, they'll offset those people that maybe can't do two or three shows anymore. Right. Yeah. It'll be to see how, how people will react to that, um, that choice that they have to make around coming back into the office or not. Do they see enough value in it? I think that there's going to be some co- comparison that's going to happen. Um, and cost-benefit analysis of uh, paying for an office, right? I mean, talk, sure. I'm sure you're going to do the same thing. It's like, well, how did did going back into the office improve things? Did we get things done faster? Was the company more successful because we went back in the office? So I think that there's going to be, you know, because now we have a contrast to see um, which way is the best way to go. You so know, humans like to be together. There's no yeah. question about it. And yeah. that's that's a big factor. The here. best, the best example I can give is yesterday. Um, actually it happened a couple, uh, Tuesday, Angelo came to one of our meetings and had an idea. And I'm like, I was kind of really kind of irritated. Like, where the, where the hell did that come from? You know, who have you told anybody about this idea? And I was kind of like, mm, I don't understand. And, you know, and he tried to explain it and he kind of semi-formulated and in his head and he was talking about it. And, and even in our board meeting, we were talking about it. And, and finally, he kind of connected the dots for me. Now, if we had been in the office together, we'd have probably sat at a table 
and mm-hmm. mapped it out on the wall. And everyone would have been like, ah. Oh. Instead, yeah. there was friction because I was like, that's the stupidest thing ever. And it really wasn't. It was actually right. a really good I- portions of it was really good ideas, but we just hadn't been able to to flush it out. So I think because everyone at this point is so, hmm, how should I say it? I'm sick of Zoom. <laughs> you know, I, I did eight hours straight of Zoom meetings on Tuesday and I, mm-hmm. I, I crawled out of here. So it just, I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is. What is it about Zoom meetings that, that um, makes people fatigued though? I mean, I, I mean. You I have to sit in your chair people... for eight hours. You're sitting in your chair. You know, I got a standing right. desk, so I get to stand up if I need to or sit down. But it's well, just, that's true. That's true in the real world. I know I spent many years at Microsoft, and that's that's the reputation at a big company like that is that you spend all your time going from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting all day this, long, and you're this, walking all over the campus to do it. But this was right. this was clients, and you know it was just everything. Right. So I had to be on because I was gone. You know, I was out Friday, out Monday, Monday in the uh, airport. I'm responding emails Tuesday morning. I book all day to get caught up and. So I had to be on because it was customers asking questions. It was podcasters, you know, the whole nine yards. Right. So right. there was no time for collab. Right. It's, you know, we get in, we, we have so many Zoom meetings. There's really no, and maybe the, what the solution is, maybe we have to have some collaboration meetings where we just kind of have a set aside two hours and we're just mm-hmm. open floor. We can talk about anything, kids, work. You know, yeah. just whatever. And I think that's because, you know, when, when do you do that normally? We do it. At, we have a little kitchen in our office and some of the team members brown bag. Some don't. Some will go out and get a lunch or they'll have Uber Eats or something, deliver food. And um, and you sit around and you may take more than a half an hour to eat lunch. I'm never the one to say, hey, here, here, use your 30 minutes, get back to work. It's no, because what's happening is, is this. You know, this idea, that idea, intermixed with personal stuff, laughing, joking, the, you know, all this stuff that builds a team. So, um, and we're small enough that everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And we tried, and then what we were doing before is because we felt the other team members are so excluded. We were having like open meetings where we'd run like a, a Zoom meeting would run in the background and other people would jump in and be able to be with us that were in remote areas. So we'll see what happens with as people go back to work, but I truly believe we'll see some drop off on some shows, maybe shows they were experimenting with will not continue. So, you know, what, what does that mean? Well, that, you know, that means less shows, less revenue, you know, but it is what it is. Well, I think that's probably happening all the time. Anyway, it's been going on. Uh, it's just to what degree I think is really, I think what you're talking about. People pod fade every day, you know, every week, I mean, it, I think it just depends on what the scale of it is. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the medium grew so fast over the last four or five months that, uh, I think it's natural to expect, uh, you know, a fast die off, um, <coughs> of many, many shows. Um, what's going to be interesting to see is if there's large numbers of shows that made it further than five or six or seven oh. episodes, which is typically what we see in the numbers, mm-hmm. right. Of uh, shows the pod fade. It's usually after five or six episodes. Um, you know, is that number going up to 10 or 12 or, 
or what is happening with that. Um, maybe it's, maybe the shows that are pod feeding only made it to two or three. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, that would be great, great information to, to, to know, um, as we look at the data, um, Daniel and, and, um, I'm sure they're going to be watching Curry and yeah. all those folks that are building cat and yourself for that matter. Yeah. Um, to try and figure out what is going on with these new shows. So I don't want to get into the monetization pieces, but yet, but do you have any general other thoughts of, you know, what is new in 2020 besides, you know, the, you know, you heard about Prince Harry and, uh, yeah. Megan. Yeah. Is she princess well, Megan? I don't know. I assume she is or whatever her title is. Yeah. Right. Uh, um, it it looked like in the reporting that I saw that they were they were starting their own audio production company, so I I which is kind of interesting. I don't know if that's just they're, they they created it was, a business for their show that no, they I'm were doing, sure, or I, if they're going to be creating other shows for other people or something. I I, I don't know. Sounded to you me know, like I, they were bringing a, a show on a podcast network of some of sorts, <laughs> right? Uh, that you know that could get some serious numbers because especially if they start telling the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> which I doubt he will. He probably wants to keep his allowance. <laughs> there is a lot of dirt. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the, the Netflix series called the crown or not. Well, that, that he, goes back to, to the early days of uh, queen Elizabeth. In, right? in deference yeah. to our UK listeners, I will right. not even attempt <laughs> to understand because I am going to piss somebody off by saying right. something I'm not supposed to. So, I uh, just call me a general observer and you know, it's, it's fun to watch from the side of the pond or actually they're on our side of the pond now, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just like us politics, you know, it's, it's, it's quite entertaining, but, um, I think those types of deals, those exclusive deals and the guy at iHeart made an inclination to it. He said that there's not going to be very many of those. And that is not the key to success in podcasting. I thought, huh, that's very interesting because, and you know, if you think of what iHeart has done, Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, my Sirius XM bill just renewed and wow, I had to call them and cancel because that first year deal was fantastic. Year two was not. Um, <laughs> the uh, a too spendy, Todd. Is that what it was? It was $232 and it was a hundred, a wow. hundred and thirty two dollars too much. So, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. So, um, the well, you know, Mr. Stern is expensive, right? Yeah, well, they got to make their money back somehow. So, the uh, um, anyway, so if you think about it, iHeart has not any of their exclusive deals are still on all distribution and uh, they're everywhere. They're not just exclusive to iHeart. So he's kind of figured it out. You know, he understands the value of mass distribution. And that's why Adam Curry said that uh, Joe Rogan will be back on public podcasting within a year. That was his prediction. Yeah. I saw that article in here that he had talked about that on his uh, no agenda show. And yeah. I think a lot of folks have felt that way too. That, I don't think so. You know, yeah, I think it'll be longer than a year. If you want my honest opinion, I think it'll be, I think he's going to take out his term of his contract, whatever that is. It depends on how many times he has a certain guest on the show. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I would love, would you not love to read? I don't like reading contracts. I'd send that over to my legal officer, but I would love, I would love to read the clauses of what you can and cannot do. If, or his, if, you, if you're going to tell you that would be the story of the year to see his contract, take the money out. Just take the scrap, scribble the money line out. And then just let us see the rest. Let's read that thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I want to <clears throat> read the uh, exit clauses. Right. That's, that's exactly that, it. That's that's what you want to know. Yeah, is. that's what you want. What do what what causes you to get you know this thing get you know you know get yeah. get axed. Yep. So and and what are the benchmarks that he has to achieve yeah. too? That, that that's the other part. <clears throat> so I so. I did have a. And this is just personally based upon what we see at Blueberry. And this is going to piss some people off. I, I see podcasters. Okay, we have podcasters leave. Just mm -hmm. like any other company. And we ask them why. And about right. nine out of ten times, they'll tell us. And sometimes they're going because there's something offered somewhere else that we don't have. And, and they've been promised something somewhere. Right, so, it's a deal I can't pass up. Right, so in, 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 that, in that context, we've seen podcasters that have left. They are gone about 90 days, and that's usually about the time, 90 to 100 days, and they're back. They, they, they move back. Right. And so we've asked them why they left, and we know that they left because they went to some platform for programmatic advertising. And when they come back, we asked them, why did you come back? And they said, it didn't work they were disenfranchised with the process. And it's not just one platform that they've come back from. And this has happened enough. Mike and I talk about it all the time because Mike says, right. guess who's back? And I'm like, who? And so, you know, this happens enough on a, every week or every couple of week discussion point that right. we've seen podcasters become disenfranchised with programmatic advertising for number one, low CPMs. Right. To not getting what they were promised to advertising that doesn't resonate with their audience or perform well. Primarily right. those three reasons, they come back. Mm -hmm. And so that tells me, in my personal opinion, that podcast host endorsed advertising, whether injected or built into content, is here to stay. Right. No, I think it is too. I agree with you. I'm, and I think it's going to grow tremendously in 2021. And I think a lot of the reason why um, that's happening with podcasters is that they they feel like they can get help on the ad sales side, um, and it may be worth the trade off of some lower CPMs to get that whole thing just handled for them, right? That they, they don't have to do any of the work themselves. And and what they realize is that there's so many compromises to that relationship that you have to be willing to accept. Um, that is it really worth putting more ads in your show right. than what you would normally do to make up for the low CPMs on that? And not even, not even right. number of ads, quality of ads. Cause well, quality is another, is a big part of it too, but it's also ad load too, right. because I know a lot of podcasters can say, well, cause I saw it when I was at Spreaker cause Spreaker was using programmatic, um, was that, you know, I can, I can make as much with my podcasts on programmatic as I can with running one host read, because if I run like six ads, if you add up that CPMs off of six ads, that's equivalent to one host read. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So, and I can get that from day one. I, I don't have to wait till I hit 10,000 downloads to get that one host read. So that's the trade-off that people are looking at. And what they're finding is that they're compromising their relationship with their audience with that strategy. And not only that, one show that had left that came back, I, I never looked at their stats. I had no idea what they were doing right. numbers-wise. Mm -hmm. And when they came back, I went back and looked at their numbers. And when they left, they were only doing like twelve or 1,300 downloads per episode. Mm -hmm. And so probably what they thought, I'm going to go over here and get rich. Or I'm going right. to make a car payment. And they find out right. that they get a check for 20 bucks. Right. If they're lucky. Right. And now that covered my Starbucks trip last week. Right. So, right. so there's that aspect too, where the show was not very big. And when you're not very big, when you're new, and if you do run a heavy ad load, that is a recipe for absolute disaster. You know, if you haven't, if Rob is your, what's going on with your light behind you? <laughs> purple. It's, I saw it's, it turned to purple. It's, yeah, uh, it's a new, it's a new Wi-Fi light bulb that, that oh, I have. Oh, yeah, I, I was can change the color, and I can do make it do things. Actually, I can set it to actually change color based <laughs> on my audio. So, so you a festive Christmas spirit here with your right. with your light. Okay, because right. I'd seen it purple earlier. Then I started watching. I was like, what's going on with that light? <laughs> <laughs> I'm communicating with aliens on the show, Todd. Yeah, so again, going back to that, then if you, okay, so if you're new, you know, and you're running five or four ads, you're running two pre-rolls, two mid-rolls, then you're, you haven't built a sustainable audience to support the people that get pissed off and leave for the ad yeah. load. And your numbers drop to 800, 700. And you're like, where did they all go? Well, and it's hard to tell sometimes. Is it the, the content that causes people to leave or is it the advertising? You know, if the it, content's it, borderline right. to hold you. Right. And then you add ad load. Some people say, ah, is this worth it? Right. So again, going back to engaging content, coupled with great show notes, search-friendly show titles, and engaging yeah. content, and you're going to do well. <laughs> I, I, mean, it, I mean, Todd, it is increasingly a difficult conversation to have with podcasters yeah. about monetization. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to tell them that they need to start off first building a trust relationship with a a significant number of listeners first before they really charge down that path of monetization. So it's, it's, I mean, a lot of people want to augment their income or they've, I don't blame back on their work or something Man. like that. Right. You know, I had a client that, uh, switched to one of our higher level hosting plans so he could get ad insertion. And mm -hmm. I talked to him, I said, how many, you know, I haven't looked at your stats. I could look at it, but tell me how many downloads you get. Prep said we get about twelve thousand downloads an episode, and I said, "Good, that's great. That's probably, you know, that could be anywhere between two hundred and three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars an episode, depending on the type of ad deal you get." Mm -hmm. And uh, I said we talked about his content. We talked about doing flat rate, and you know all the options he was have to him. And he's getting ready to have a second show, and I'm mm -hmm. like, "Are you gonna?" I said, these shows going to be so much different that you're not going to have 
you know, people crossing over and going one to the other. And he said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to cause, we want people to listen, but we're not going to, they're not going to stop listening to this show because we start this other show. But I'm also afraid when someone finds a little bit of success there, for me, that's where you like, all right, afterburner, that's where you, where you hammer. If you've hit, if you've hit 12,000 downloads per episode, that's, that's the time to like crank it up because you're getting economy of scale. Getting from one to 12 is much harder from getting 12 to 25. Right. Yeah. You know, getting from to a thousand is really hard. And then we get to a thousand to whatever that next 10,000, but it's just like YouTube, YouTube, you know, you see these folks that all of a sudden they got 150,000 subs next week, they got 175 to 50. And it just, it's just because they kind of gain critical mass. And it's the same way in podcasting because it's, Hey, did you hear about this show? You know what? Everyone I've been talking to lately, what are you listening to? True crime, mm -hmm. listening to a variety of different things. And, and they ask me, what shows do you listen to? And I tell them two or three that I listen to. So, and, and then they say why they listen to that show. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should go listen to that. So there's still the recommendation engine from individuals is still super, super strong. So, so anyway, it's going back to our discussion. You know, so what's going to happen with this guy is going to have two shows, maybe three. And then other people are opening up studios. I talked to a guy down in Florida that's doing something really, really cool in a town down there that doesn't have a podcast studio yet. And just, you know, there's all kinds of things happening. So another thing is another thing we don't see is we, I'm not seeing too many. We're in a down. Oh, I'm going to, we're going to screw myself and you, Rob. We're at the bottom of the bottom of the U on consultants giving bad advice. We have the, you know, it goes in a cycle. Yeah. You know, you get, get to the low and you're like, oh, thank God all those idiots are gone. Right. <laughs> uh, they're, they're back and forth. Tom. And then all of a sudden, because guess what? It's we're at a lull. All the people that thought they were going to make big money have quit. And there's kind of a dearth in the space. And that's a, is that a word? Dearth in the space of consultants. And so, oh, there's room for consulting. I can be a podcast consultant. I failed with my right. show. So, and then you see it tick, 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 tick back up. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, when people sense that there's, there's big money right. being made, you know, a lot of these big, big deals, the consolidation deals that are happening with the big media companies has kind of fueled people's energy around, you know, maybe I can build a career around this. I, I think we've said this on the show before, but I've never seen so many people on LinkedIn, um, putting podcasts in their, their titles to what they do. Uh, I've, it's, it's phenomenal. I've never seen so many new podcasting production groups right. getting 3 million, 4 million, 3.2, 2.6. So the, oh, yeah, on, on investment dollars, the investment right. dollars are coming in and it, it's all on people that are building networks, building. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, that stopwatch, the 60 minute stopwatch. So think about a 60 minute, those of you that have seen 60 minutes in the iconic 60 minute stopwatch, just imagine that's 36 months. <laughs> right. That's, you know, that's ticking. They're on the clock 36 months to make it work because at 36 months, the, the chickens come home to roost and the money runs out. Right. That's true. 
So they have to make it happen. Can you, I just, thank God I am not underneath that kind of pressure to have to, you know, make the investors happy and keep them, because you have to produce some hits, not hit, hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables, oh. as you know, Todd, to, to making this stuff work, you know? I mean, it's, it's hard to for, make a formula out of it that works every time. Yeah. Patrick, thanks you for saying Rob sounds so big and clear. We appreciate it. I guess yeah, it's nice to yeah. have that big, strong, strong sound. Did I tell you what Plus, was going on with my headphone, Rob? It, no, was, it wasn't the headphone. It was a pot that was sticky that was actually crickling. Oh. <laughs> I'm tapping, you know, I'm beating on this $400, you know, earbud and it's, it's nothing's wrong with it, you know? Wow. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, Todd, I think one of the biggest stories though, as you look over 2020, and I think I alluded to it a little bit is, is really the global growth and expansion of podcasting. I mean, just the distribution platforms that are embracing it now, um, and all of the big media companies outside of the U S just jumping in, uh, even production companies around the world that have converted from radio to podcasting more and more. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's really re remarkable to see, uh, what's happening there. Um, I, we, I, I think 2021 is going to be just, it's going to be all about the global expansion of podcasting. I think so that's going to be the big story. I, I did, uh, we launched Geosavin last week, Ghana today. We actually mm -hmm. even, even added Podchaser as a destination. Um, their integration was really simple. And yeah. then I'm, I've got three, one big one, really big one, really big one, really big one. And, um, two others, middle Eastern companies right? that are looking to add podcasting. So, you know, and you, we, if we think about it on non-English speaking, there's a heck of a lot of non-English speaking countries. I mean, we look at India, we just did two big you guys did it. We did it. I think everyone else has two big distribution points into, into India, but that's what? just India. What, right. what, what happens when there's distribution into other large non, of course, you know, India is a pretty big population, but yeah. you know, we could end up in a lot more countries with on other platforms that specifically cater to French or Portuguese or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, like we've talked about on on the show, that I I think these some of these platforms r represent the shift that I was talking about. I think a couple of weeks ago, um, towards kind of niche development of podcasting on the distribution side, is that we're we're going to see more and more kind of um, not um, directories that have everything, but directories that have a specific subset of the podcasting market that are catering to a particular listening market. I think we're, we're, we're going to see an expansion of sports. I, I think there's going to be a growth of other alternatives, uh, to listening to sports, um, uh, in a consolidated kind of, uh, listening experience or politics, or and we're starting to see that happen a little bit on the politics side too. Um, you know, with some of the, the migrations that are happening to different parts of the of the political spectrum to certain apps because they feel like it's more open or freedom of speech and those kind of issues are, it's going to pull content into these platforms more and more. And so 
Um, it's the nichification of the distribution of podcasting, I think, is the next big, big, big thing as you look over the next five years. Well, I, and there's a platform for every type of content there is. And, you know, yep. and, and here's the challenge with us as companies, you know, it's, I have interns do my integration work for like Geosavin and, you know, mm -hmm. those types of companies. My main devs don't do that integration. And right. why, why is it? Because it takes work to do that API integration and X number of hours or, and then we, you know, so as a smaller player comes on the scene, you know, someone that's maybe, let's say it's going to be a, a tech app and they just want tech shows. I may not be inclined to do distribution API integration just to send tech podcasts over to this app. You know, I, it's because it's I think that's coming. So we may get to a point where we say, okay, we'd love to integrate with you, but you're going to have to pay for the dev time for the integration. We're not just going to, mm -hmm. we're just not going to do it for free because there right. has to be enough, big enough bang for the buck as a podcast host. So, you know, here's, here's my piece of advice to anyone that's listening right now. And you, if you're consulting at all, at all with uh, any company or any group that is willing to, wanting to have, needing distribution to get shows into their platforms, please email me. I have a white paper, about a five-page white paper that lists, and again, I'm going to vet you before I send this to you and who it's who we're going to send it to, but it's a five-page white paper, white label. Uh, well, it's just basically explains best practices and working with companies like us, Libsyn, Podbean, and others to get distribution and how you can make it easier, how you can make it very difficult for us to work with you. And Angela wrote this thing up. It's really amazing. And we give it to every one of our potential distribution partners and say, you know, we'd love before you do option one, we can do option two and option three sucks, you know? So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's... and I and I can tell you when in the beginning, option three was Spotify. You know the way we had to integrate with them. Oh. Oh. God, yeah, I, I don't even like thinking about it too much because it's it was a painful process. To it, go it, if 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 we knew guys, if we knew guys. what they were going to do, I'd have said forget it. Right, because yeah. I have to convert MP4 M4 or M4As and MP3s. We had to write code to convert people's audio because they don't take MP3s. I mean, they don't take M4As. They're MP3 only. Right. We did their tech support, all that stuff, you know, oh, yeah. and they went oh, yeah. with the hardest route. And then ultimately, guess what they did? Option one, which was they had their own portal. <laughs> right. You know, they went back to option one a year and a half after we told them option one is the way to go. Right. Right. <laughs> well, Yeah. That's a common, that's a common behavior though. I, I have to say that some of the newer platforms that have come into podcasting have, uh, a lot of them have actually listened to the advice. Um, some, some to, to greater <laughs> or less degree, but it's been better than in the past. I can think of one that's we're trying to yeah. guide. <laughs> right. Well, there's more than one of those, but yeah. <laughs> one big one we're trying to guide right now. 
We're like, well, really? They were kind of wavering in the beginning too, <laughs> and it, and and eventually they came around, right? We're um, we're talking really. all around things here, but <laughs> right, right. So you know, they, <sighs> to larger companies, things are never don't look the same to them right. from their perspective. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing I saw when I was at Microsoft. I mean, the the market looks different to a big player than That's it right. does to smaller players. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Todd, on a slightly different topic here, did you see Dave Weiner chimed in? Uh, for those that don't know who Dave Weiner is, he's the one that invented RSS 2.0 or was one of the leaders in the development of that standard um, that podcasting is really kind of built on. But uh, he and um, Adam Curry were were celebrating the twentieth birthday of podcasting. Wow, because that's when they talked about it in a hotel or something, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, is that really the birthday of something when well, two people talk about something? I'm not. That's where the idea was formulated. They didn't actually. Nothing was actually done birthed from that. No, right? because right. I think at the time the RSS 2.0 spec was not out yet. Right. So enclosures was, was not, I mean, it was an idea as an idea. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much all. I don't know that it was the birth of podcasting. I'd have to go back and look at when RSS 2.0 was actually made a spec in the enclosure. Again, for those of you that are not techies, enclosure tag is exactly what makes podcasting podcasting work work. Yeah. And, um, if you ever look at your code, look at your, your RSS feed, if you know where it's at, some of you don't know what your RSS feed is, and that's to me is insane. But do a right click view source, and then just do a you know Control F or Apple F to find the and write the word enclosure in, <laughs> right? And you'll find what we're talking about. But um, so yeah, because I mean, it, so what I mean, did he I've have been, to say? I didn't listen to it. I've been involved in distributing like an MP3 of my show since 1999, which is 2000 in that time frame, which right. is when they're talking about here, if they're thinking about 20 year anniversary, that, that would be at the turn of the century, right? The 2000 time frame is when they first started talking about podcasting. The concept of podcasting was, was kind of all that it was kind of all already around back then. Um, so it, in some ways, it was more of a technology Im- implementation. <clears throat> I mean, because I was working with <clears throat> other it, platforms and distributing MP3 files online myself for my own. But show. Rob, let's be clear: it was a closed ecosystem, completely controlled. You had to Correct. know somebody and write a contract and kiss somebody's butt and take someone out to dinner five times to get on those platforms, like Microsoft. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But that's that's what the world looked like back then. Right. Uh, I mean, a lot of those <laughs> platforms were dominated by, um, technology companies that were trying to play in audio and they were typically playing with the big media companies back then. So, um, you know, so those platforms were starting to open up and then there were some startups that started to come out with things too. And some of those startups, one of them was personal audio, which was right. the one that, that originally tried to get a patent on podcasting. So good riddance. Um, yeah, so you you can kind of see in the early days, like '99 or something like that, was kind of when the idea for this was kind of formulated, and and it was it manifested itself into some proprietary platforms to oh, get started commercial, with, and commercial. then it wound up going open, you know, with RSS. So yeah, okay, so we'll call it. Let's see, you got uh, what do they call it? 
Um, after Christ, before Christ. So we've got, we've got, uh, we've got before podcasting and after podcasting. So before podcasting, it it was fully proprietary. And a big keyword here, gatekeepers, fully gatekeepers and, and, and proprietary. Right. And, and if you think about it, you know, Adam Curry getting back into podcasting, you know, Dave starting to take interest again, mm. is, is, you, know, you have to wonder if there's some correlation between what they were trying to do back then and what they see happening in the market today and their concern and why they're chiming up again. So, so, you know, in, in the, in the scheme of things, I remember, I'll never forget being at an over the top conference, OTC, OTP over the top, you know, OTP player, like a Roku or one of those devices. I remember, and there was a bunch of executives setting up on the top. There was a guy from, you know, I think, whatever the major cable companies were at the time. Right. And this right. guy probably was a Time Warner, Roadrunner, whatever they were. And I said to him, I said, what does it take to get a, to get an audio only channel? Like you guys have these 800 audio channels. Right. On your guys' cable system, because I'm thinking 24-7 podcast, right, baby? Channel 1082. That's what I'm thinking, right? Right. He looks down at me, and I I think I'm 42, 43 at the time. Young man. Called me a young man. (laughs) 10 years and $10 million is what it's going to cost for you to get on my cable box <laughs> and i yeah. thought i had an epiphany <laughs> at that moment <laughs> i'm gonna show this guy <laughs> no 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 i was still in the navy at that time right and i was really in the revolution evolution of podcasting and i said and to under my breath i said and it, <laughs> f you <laughs> Right. <laughs> and um and I'm just walking away. I'm like, I don't need this dude. I don't need him. We don't need him. We don't, we have something here already. We we don't need these gatekeepers. So no. you know, that was that <laughs> attitude, you right. know, and it really it really it still grinds on me to today today because he, you need to look down at me, you little you little, you little insignificant turd. You know, that's how it came across, you know? Wow. I'm going to squash you like a bug. Squash me like yeah. a bug. So, right. but it made me resolve to understand what we have is, I keep saying it's pretty special. And uh, I don't want podcasters to forget that. So going back to what you're saying here, Rob, um, yeah, another thing about 2020 is definitely the, the podcast index. Yeah, that's to me is the top story of the year. That is like it's not really a story, but if you're not following what's going on at podcastindex.social, if you're not on that platform and watching and participating in the discussions about the expansion of RSS 2.0 and the now nine podcasting companies that are participating in that mm-hmm. effort, then the work, you know, some people think, oh, this is just going to go away. 
what Adam Curry's doing is just going to go away. He's he's not any you know this is this is the mindset of some of these it's going to go away <clears throat> big companies that are out there, right? Ah, he'll go away. This is just an annoyance. He'll go away. No, he's not. Well, there has been a lot of examples of that, Todd, that have happened o- over the o- over the years. These initiatives start up and they kind of fizzle out. Well, right? I don't think you know I'm not Adam. That's what's going to happen here. I don't this, think so because you know if you think about who's who's behind it, I think that's that's what you have to keep in mind. And it's got some groundswell, right? And it's building. So, right. Right. you know, if you're not participating, you know, mm-hmm. get get left behind. Um, and, and prepare to play catch up. So it's, it's, um, it's an interesting move in that, um, again, any podcaster hat coming on here. And again, there's no risk of podcasting becoming closed, but this is an expansion and insurance and an insurance policy that it won't. Mm -hmm. And most of the tools they're working on are not for Spotify or Pandora or HiHeart or any of those other folks. It's for you. It's for mm-hmm. you, the individual podcaster, to do some really cool stuff. You mm-hmm. just got to bring pressure upon whoever your hosting provider is to say, how come you're not doing this? How come I can't do this? How come you're not mm-hmm. supporting this, this, and this? And here's why. You have to make your case on why you want implementation of some stuff, but you, you got to be involved to understand what's going on to do that. Right. So at least for me, that's, I think 2021 is, that's going to be a big part of 2021 is what the podcast index is doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, yeah. and here's what's going to happen, Rob. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Well, well, that's always what's driven this industry, right? People seeing what other people are doing and copying it. Oh, my it or, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Someone made an announcement the other day, and I was like, I cussed because I'm just about ready to make the same announcement. <laughs> Somebody beat you to it. Someone huh? beat me by a few days, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> right. And then they're going to get sell. So then yeah. someone's going to say, "Oh, you, you're copying me." I'm like, "No, I was working on it at the same time. We're just a little right. slower." Right. <laughs> so I saw Todd, an Australian podcast ranker, um, is saying that Thursdays are the biggest day of the week for podcast downloads for them. I think in the United States, that's. I think that's too late in the week. Oh no, I don't think so. I think we've seen I thought it was Tuesday, Tuesday Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday, I think, has always been our, and it varies month to month if Tuesday or well, Thursday. I think some it. people put out episodes on Tuesday and some put, put them out on Thursday if they're doing two episodes a week. And I think, yeah, I do tend to think that um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are probably very popular publishing days, just generally. Yeah. Um, but as far as downloads go, I'm a little surprised that Thursdays. Is that an accumulation? Shouldn't it's you know for the week, or is that a uh, just for that day? I guess it is just that day. Well, if you have more shows being more episodes being released on a Thursday than a Tuesday or a Monday, right. guess what? You're going to have That's more downloads. Cause the numbers to go up. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Right. So, so, you know, if everyone shifts to a Monday publishing schedule, then Tuesday is going to be the biggest consumption day. I think that those types of stats are kind of like, <clears throat> all right, that's cool. Next. <laughs> well, I was looking at their actual chart that they have that's tracking. Um, well, it says in the actual, it says percent of downloads by day of the week. And if you look at his, the actual chart from the, the, the ranker, it shows Tuesday is 16.2%. Wednesday is 16.1%. Ooh, big difference. M margin of error. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then Thursday is 17%. Mm. So so really, if you look at Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, th those are the peak peak days. So, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people will push an episode out on, on, you know, some will, some have said to push it out on Monday, but maybe, you know, Tuesday, Monday tends to be a day that people kind of are trying to get situated back into the week again. And Tuesday is when people settle into their routines again. Now uh, I I'm yeah. not always proficient in getting this show out the same day that we record it. Right. I can be a day, sometimes a, sometimes a day and a half late or maybe two. Sorry. Um, right. but this show, it just, people kind of, I think people just listen when they listen. Yeah. I think we're a, I don't know if we're a Phil show or if we're a, if we are a, you know, gotta listen show. Yeah. I don't, yeah. And then their, their number one genre, Todd, in Australia, guess what it is? True crime. Uh, it's number two. Number one for, for them is radio shows. Okay. Well, you can, you can kind of see where, where Australia is in there. Well, their, who, who's runs the awards and who, you know, it's all that, what is it? ABC or whatever well, they have down yeah, there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it, if you think about those, you know, and Canada's a lot like this too, there isn't a, a strong independent <laughs> podcast creation kind of ecosystem in these countries. It's very skewed towards right, the right radio. The, public radio pathways. Uh, and that's, that, that's why you're seeing repurposed radio shows, uh, being so popular down there. That's the phase. The, the U S kind of went through that phase for a while too, early in the podcasting space, but, but they never, we, I don't think you see many radio shows. Well, on the top 200 list anymore, but you, here's the thing though. Independents have always dominated, you know, Overall, certain right. categories are certain, you know, there's right. three, four, five, ten, but below that, there is, you know, it's all indies. Right. You know. But it does speak to the difference in the media markets. True. Uh, outside of the U.S. and how they're, how they skew differently. Um, I mean, here in the U.S., you know, public radio is huge. It's a huge part of podcasting. Don't get the wrong impression that public radio doesn't have a big influence on podcasting here. It, 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 it does, but it's just disproportionate there. And the independent production side of podcasting outside of the U S has been lagging, um, for various cultural and economic reasons, I believe. Um, but I think it's catching up. You know, if you look at the, the next, uh, one on the list, the ranker is true crime. And it's, it's getting up, it's getting close to 70 million downloads versus 101 million for radio shows. That means in comedy and, you know, 70 so. million, what? 
of true crime downloads or what how they rank it yeah uh, it well you know what it actually doesn't say it uh, no it is downloads right so that's Australia. so that means that the the women listening to podcast is super strong in Australia being true crime yeah. is absolutely unequivocally dominated by women by listeners. Female listeners, right. I was just and, talking with someone the other day. So oh, true crime, true crime is my favorite genre. Do you listen to true crime? And I'm like, no, I don't listen to true crime. Right. And yeah, I, I don't either. And right in that, right in that, whew, that sweet demographic for true crime. So, mm-hmm. and comedy is number three. News is number four and lifestyle and health. Uh, is number five. So those tend to follow fairly closely to the U S as far as, um, those are probably independent programs. Um, but news you would think would be coming out of the radio networks. So, yeah, it's, uh, Uh, but, but anyway, that's what's going on with that. There was a couple of things. I see you're digging for news now. Are we done with predictions? No, I, I think we can talk about, um, Um, I think a big burning question that, that a lot of independent podcasters have is, can they be successful in this market? And is it too late? I know a lot of people will ask that question. Is it too late for independents to get in because there's just so many shows now, right, Todd? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So So I'm doing my Google search here for, for here's the example now. Okay, Rob. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. According to the master red book, all-knowing Google. Yes. In 2020, over 455 million websites use WordPress.com. That means that WordPress market shares 35 percent of all websites in the world. So, okay, so 455. <clears throat> let's just round it up to a cool billion websites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. billion or more with a B. Um, how many active podcasts were there, Rob? I believe it's, um, it's, it's around probably a million now, probably. Well, active. No, no, no. Active shows. No, like, I thought, well, I, it's like 400,000. Well, I mean, if you look at it, where, where we have 1.8 million shows in the catalog. Yeah. But how in many the of last, those are active? In the last 90 days, about 400,000. 400,000 out of 1.8? Yeah. 1.7? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's dropped a lot. Though. All right. So let's a think percentage. of Well, let's just, what's Daniel's site again? Let me go look. We'll get the actual number. Right. Um, it's uh, podcast reviews, right? Yep. <clears throat> oh, I did it wrong. Let's. We've done this. I should have this on like a hot, <laughs> a, a hot <laughs> shortcut link. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me look here. My podcast reviews. Duh. Yeah. And, uh, let's see here. So as of today, there are, oh, here I got to go to stats, industry stats. There are, oh, um, Okay, total podcast 1.715 million. 
go down here. I got to find the the list. Okay, active versus inactive. Yeah, forty percent active. Right. So maybe your numbers, you know. Well, he's saying sixty percent are are active. No, fifty nine point oh seven right. are inactive. Four forty point zero nine three are active. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Forty percent <clears throat> are. Are, are active. So do so that. Do that uh, high school math, Rob. One point seven one five. Okay. Um, so one seven divided by point what four? Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm just going to rough it. It's, uh, uh I didn't take, get the, take 700. Let's, let's say it's 700,000. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that would be, yeah. Yeah. It would be about, yeah, it'd be about 700,000. Okay. Right. So right. how many people in the world speak English? All the world's approximately 7.5 billion inhabitants, mm-hmm. 1.5 billion mm-hmm. speak English. Mm-hmm. Now, Let's consider half of those are probably in the age range. They're probably wanting to listen to podcasts, 18 plus. So that means 0.75 billion or 750 million people speak English and can listen to a podcast. And if there's 700,000 shows, there's plenty of audience growth available. You don't have to worry. There's some there's somebody that's going to want to listen to your show, but you've got 0.75 billion people that could potentially listen to your show. And yeah, I mean that's where the international expansion, right, of the distribution of podcasts is so important. In sixty that growing number, sixty seven right. nations have English as the primary language. Mm-hmm. And and most of those speak a second and third too. Except if you live here in the United States, you might be lucky if you English primary and maybe a little Spanish or you know whatever you're you've studied French in high school. Why anybody would study French in high school anymore? I don't know. But um, so if you take that number, there's plenty of growth compared to how many blogs did I say there were? <laughs> About a billion. Yeah, you know, I'm so not that, sure how many. So that, yeah. you know, if there's a billion websites, that means that you've got one point something persons per blog. So your chances are much, much greater <laughs> of growing. So it's a great time to start a podcast. Yeah. yeah. It's a great time. And, and based on Daniel's <laughs> stats here, we're growing about 3,500 new podcast shows every day. Every day? Every day. I'm not getting all that business, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, last, the, the last 30 days, we grew um, 98,000 shows. That's a, that's a pretty incredible number. Yeah. You know. So we're going to hit 2 million here yeah. um, probably in the first quarter of next Easy. year. Yeah. So I think what it really boils down to is, uh, but, you know, again, 50% of those will fail by episode seven. An additional 50% of those will fail before they get to episode 25. And then the 50% remaining from that list will make it to two years. So 
you just got to hang out for two years. Right. You just got to do your show for two years. That's right. <laughs> and you'll have even a higher advantage of being able to grow. Right. And that's why I keep telling people, you got to do two years of hard work. It's, you got to grind. The, it's the longevity that wins. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, all the other shows right. that people have been listening to that you're competing with, they, they've quit. Right. But you have to be in the place where to, for them to find you when they quit, because guess and, and if you're if you're on if you have good search terms, if you have good show titles, they will find you. See how this works? Yeah. No, it, it's it's magical, Todd. It's it's no magic. <laughs> hey, Todd, I've got a new new question for you. Oh, um, that'll. That'll kind of get your head spinning a little bit too. So have we solved the, the measurement issue <laughs> in podcasting, Todd? Yeah. I mean, is that the safe comment on that or is it really entirely so, true? Without divulging too much, we are at an impasse. Yep. It's not our fault. Going forward at this point. No. I am going, I am collecting what I can collect. Right. I'm actually introducing something within probably around Christmas. That's going to give you everything that I possibly can give you and just raw data. But you know what we've done now, we can mix it up and look, make it look pretty and give you different tracking charts. And you just taking the same data and manipulating it. Right. But until. Apple, Google, all these companies start giving us client-side data. That's it. Now, Apple, never going to do it. Matter of fact, you know, I'd almost bet something big that they would not. And then, of course, next week they'd announce that they did just to spite me. But, you know, (laughs) the... <laughs> They'll figure out some way to some way to, to some way to, to make me lose the bet, right? Right. Yeah. And uh I think that um I got a comment for I'm gonna give Ryan some feedback here in a minute because Ryan left something in chat that I'm gonna uh, have to have to get on my soapbox on. The we have to get the app developers and you as a podcaster. I, Todd can't solve this because Todd's gonna go to Pocket Cast, all these apps and say, please, 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 please start working with us to give us client-side data. And they're just going to take both of their middle fingers and they're going to flip me off. (laughs) Right. How much do you want to pay for that? They're going to say. So you, as a podcaster, are going to have to start advocating for client-side data. Now, there's going to be some initiatives to try to get some app developers to play ball. And I think what Adam Curry's doing in incentivizing app developers is part of that. Okay, so let's put this scenario on the table. Who needs client-side data, Rob? Oh, the... The advertisers, the advertising okay. industry. Okay, hold on. Right. Okay, set it right there. The advertisers need it. Right. So what if we incentivized the app folks to provide client-side data by saying, 
for every podcast in your platform that runs advertising, we're going to give you a little bit of money for every download. We're going to give you some points. Right. And you're going to get that every month in a check from Libsyn, Blueberry, Megaphone. Everyone's going to write you a check every month for your percentage of downloads from client-side track data. Do you think they would do it? Let's say we gave them a percent. Percent of a, a per, 1% of a billion dollars. 1% of a billion dollars or half a percent of a billion dollars in podcast advertising revenue will motivate every single non-corporate podcast app to provide client-side data only for, uh, well, everyone's going to get it for the shows that need the client-side data. If you mm -hmm. incentivize them, because guess what? You pay $3.99 for the app, you're done. Right. Or you're paying $2.99 a quarter. They have no financial incentive to do client-side data. So we Apple, have... <laughs> Apple's not going to go for that, are they? Nope. Apple's not going to do it. They don't right. need it. They make more money by time. I, I just blink my eyes. I, I blink my eyes. They made more money in the blink right. of my eye than I make in probably 10 years. Right. I just, you know, every time I blink, think about, you know, I just blinked a million dollars. You know, just think about right. that, right? So right. <laughs> they don't need that point and they aren't going to do it. But if we can get every other app to do it, guess what? All of a sudden people are going to say, you need to use Pocket Cast to listen to this show. Well, Todd, or, in some ways, isn't um, isn't Apple kind of on the verge of giving access to some view of that data in their um, their app, their Podcast Connect platform? I mean, when I was growing up, when I had maybe a, they they might disclose a little <laughs> bit more detail there. When right? I was when I was growing up, my dad had a saying: "Wish in one hand, and you know what in the other." And right. see what comes first. <laughs> so well, Todd, let's well, let, let's let's talk about what sharing that data from Apple to the podcasting industry, what we would like it to look like versus what we think Apple would actually potentially do at some point in the future. Well, what we would right. like is start, stop, scrub, completion. Right. Start, um, yes, you started and you listened to 10% and you stopped and you, you bounced out and you never come back or you listen. See, see what Apple doesn't want to do is to share that data, um, directly externally, right? Yeah. Because it's viewed, it could be mapped to personally identifiable information. No, no, it, not if you just give me start, stop. Well, it could be. I'm just saying if they, if they did it, if they, they anonymized it. Right, right. If but, they. Yeah. Could they do that in their podcast connect area? Yeah. To help podcasters understand what's going they on could. with their shows without having to report it outside of their platform. They could. That's that's a question. They could. You know, so you know, if if we got start, stop, scrub, complete. Right. And I'm talking about a signal that says, okay, they stopped or they scrubbed. Right. And that could only be obtained by a podcaster going into their Apple ID account. That'd be huge. And maybe doing a query, right? That'd be huge. Right. And they could potentially export, let's say, uh, 
uh, a PDF or a Excel spreadsheet that would have those breakdowns by whatever increment of time yeah, of time uh, the the podcaster needed to, for their own use. Right, yep. it's not being put out in a API or it's not being in a perfect world. Risk. In right. a perfect world, you go to Libsyn or you go to Blueberry and you authenticate for us to get that information in a perfect world and we pull it for you and then right. and then have it in your system that can be pull, you know, overall reporting. So this is the only Apple's gonna do what Apple's gonna do. We're for completely right. speculating here. But Marco Mint's never gonna give client side data. But if there was $10 million on the table every year, Marco might go, hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, <laughs> he I might, mean, he might not, you know. Right. But I mean, is it because Marco is sensitive to the privacy concerns? Yeah, yeah we don't or need Or is it, is it, the, or is it more that he doesn't want to devote the dev time? If, if, Mar if Marco was making, got incentivized to get $10 million a year from client side tracking on advertising where he was written a check by everybody. Right. He might be more willing to do it. Is he, that your point? He, he might, he may just flip us all the bird, you know, but there's going to be enough apps that are poor and they're doing this out of, because they love podcasting and they're hardly making any money with in in spot advertising right that Especially might programmatic so right. if, if you got a show that's got one percent of the i mean if you got a podcast app that's got one percent market share and they're going to get one percent of the revenue of ads that run on now that doesn't come out of the podcaster's pocket that's taken out of hide from me you the agencies mm-hmm podcaster is not going to lose a dime then if you incentivize that you do right. you, but you know what here's where i'm going to say it's not going to work those companies are not going to write checks to marco and all these other app developers they're not going to no. give them a cut for no. that client side data and guess what they're not going to get right. it I'm just being brutally truth. That's, I don't think they are either. That's yeah. what it's going to take. You know, there are people right now listening to the show that are saying, be quiet, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> or there might be some people that are saying, yeah, let's do that. It, and it doesn't have to be a percent, but you're already giving up. If you're an agency, you're already making 15% on that money straight up. Right, and then if you're a, if if you're a blueberry and I have to go to an agency, I give up fifteen percent to them. Mm -hmm. So you know, on a thirty percent ad revenue split, I are seventy thirty. I only keep fifteen because I give the other fifteen to the agency. Right. So if we give them a half a percent, and let's say we split it between the agency and the podcast host or whoever's running the deal, megaphone trans, you know, whoever captivate all the different sites. Here's my philosophy. If I'm making money, 
and I'm helping the podcast space expand and the ad sales are going to go through the roof because we've got client side data. This is a rounding error. Right. You, you, you're, you, if we're going to get to 2 billion or three or four or five, we're all worried about attribution. Attribution goes away when you have client side data. You don't need attribution no more. Well, maybe, right. but well, you probably do. All right. So that's, did I answer your question, Rob? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. So and, go ahead. Oh, oh I, I was going to say, and has the discovery issue, which never really existed, has it finally been solved? Oh, there's always discovery issues. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast is not getting enough listeners. So it Ron, has a discovery. So problem. Ryan, right. you've hung out. I have right. to, I have to. So Ryan says, and this goes back. Let me start both by, by podcasting is the last bastion of free speech, whether you like it or not. Ryan says, and listeners are beginning to realize that podcasts are going to be the last place to get controversial discussion and news. It doesn't even have to be controversial because people are being ghosted for what someone else considers controversial. Right. So my, my statement stands, podcasting is the last bastion of free speech. That doesn't mean it will remain a bastion of free speech over my dead, over my dead body that, that came out in the guardian talking about that. Um, our, our podcasting become the new medium for misinformation. (laughs) Okay. Your, your, your misinformation, your misinformation is, is someone else's fact. So I'm an adult. You're an adult. I have logic and reasoning. When I hear something that is total bullshit, <laughs> I know it's BS. I might be entertained by it, right? but I'm an adult and I can make those decisions. What, what has been in? Okay. Here's the thing. Oh my God. It's controversial. Listen, listen, it's controversial. It's controversial content. Did anyone ever in their lifetime? I, 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 no, 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 no. You guys do a Google search for Art Bell. Go and listen to his archive. Radio programming. Go listen to, please, please, I beg of you. Any of you that thinks, oh, podcasting's in trouble because of controversial content, go listen to 10 hours of Art Bell. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Where's that line? Let let me set the table so people (laughs) totally understand what we're talking about here. Where's, Where's the line between misinformation and entertainment? If you're not threatening to kill somebody. (laughs) <laughs> if you're not being a racist, right. If you're not doing hate speech, right. Fire away. Do what you want to do. Right. Call it comedy. Hey, you can have a controversial show and just call it fake news. Call it fake news and, and knock yourself out. Right. And people are. Right. Good. All right. Good. So is there a difference, Todd, between yes. misinformation no. and entertainment? I'm not one to judge. Slash manipulation slash I'm not one, I'm not one to judge. How Anna? am I to judge? 
Right. Well, because if I judge and I think this content is controversial, guess what? I've just violated everything that Twitter, Facebook, and all these other platforms are now in trouble of is editorializing. I am not going to editorialize any of my content. Yeah. Now, if you say you're going to kill somebody, if you talk about racial things or you talk about hate speech, you're gone. Yeah. But other than that, that's the dilemma that Joe Rogan is facing, right? And he got a hundred million dollar deal from Spotify. Right. Got to be careful what the deal that you do is if you want to. YouTube, gone. Socials, gone. Patreon is even willing to kick stuff off. You're right. Podcasting is the last bastion of free speech. But will it remain so is the question. Over my dead body. Well, it's the listening <laughs> platforms are, are just like, like what happened in the other medias. It's the, it's the distribution platforms right. are, are, are the ones that um, have that control. I am a service provider. I am not. Or the listening platforms, not the distribution. I am platform. a service provider. Right. I am not an editorial vehicle. Right. We do have our terms of service, just like what you That's said. That's right. Uh, if there are certain forms of content that violate those very fairly narrow areas of content, um, then yeah, we have no place to, to, to have a role in a decision around whether a content piece of content is, there will be a deemed okay for people to listen to. There'll be a social justice campaign run against one of us at some point here in the near future. And there'll be heavy pressure for us to take action on content. Well, Todd, I've already had it happen to me years ago. So there's nothing new on that. But did you take it down? Now, if it was. Only if it violated the terms of service. There you go. Right. 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 So someone comes to you and says, oh, they're talking about QAnon on this podcast. You have to take it down. Nope. 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 So, I think what you're talking about is is probably a more advanced issue around social justice, um, and it gets back to lots of issues that we don't need to go into on on this show, but um, that are going to could make things rather uncomfortable. Yeah. With that, Rob. Yes. We have knocked this thing out of the ballpark. We did. <laughs> Killed it. If you love the show today, tell all your friends. Right. Tell everyone how Todd said over his dead body. That'll get him to listen. Right. (laughs) I should make that the title of the show. (laughs) But podcast predictions in uh, the last bastion of free speech. And guess what? We're a bastion of free speech for countries that have censorship. If you use a um, use a platform to be able to bypass countries censors. Well, we are facing some pressure from external listening platforms that have censorship agendas. Um, we're not. New, well, there's ones <laughs> out there that right. we have to decide if we're going to participate in Yeah. from a distribution standpoint, yeah. right, for podcasting that do have uh, restrictions on topics and types of content. So I think that that is a challenge that's coming to all of the hosting platforms is 
you know, we're going to have to decide, do we want to be, you know, a distribution platform for example, China, right? That's a, that's a really good example. Um, you know, oh, you mean so, for, for, for China state run propaganda? Well, just, you know, being a platform that publishes into consumption <laughs> platforms in, let's say China, uh, oh. China's going to, going to require us to filter certain types of content well, out. I'm not going to play that game. And, and I believe it's happening in Iran. It's happening in other places around the world too, that are looking to, It'll, limit access to they're gonna types get, of topics. They're going to get everything and they decide on their side what they want. That's not right. my choice. Right, right. You no, know. but I'm, you know, do we want to embrace those no. platforms? No. That are, are, are doing wholesale censorship. And we should and be making, and we should be right. making, we make it very easy for people to come into blueberry.com and listen. To, matter of fact, we are in China's um, great firewall. You have to use a, what do you call it? Uh, some sort of bypassing mechanism to come into to blueberry.com's directory. You can't get to it from, from Probably China. Probably a VPN of some sort. VPN. Of course, VPNs are legal right. in China. So, okay. Are Ill, illegal? Yeah. Illegal. You have to be a reg, you In order to use a VPN in China, you either have to be a foreigner, number one, or two, you have to have a registered VPN that the government can track, which you're using that VPN for. And you still are subject to... Right being picked up on the street and sent to a rehabilitation farm for 10 years where you pound rocks right? and fed gruel. I will never go into China. I will never go through Hong Kong. I'll never go to China. They will pick me up and lock me up the second I get in the country as much smack as I talk about them on my tech show. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, love the Chinese people is for you in Ch- Hong Kong. No. Chinese people are fine. Great. Fantastic. Just the Chinese government, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, hey, Todd, I I sent you a photograph of my my teleprompter in full full use in oh, your I email. Didn't. Oh, in my email. In your okay. Uh, yeah, because I can't tur- turn the camera on it. Oh, but. hang on, hang on. Let me let me go look for it. I've only got one thousand one hundred and seventy one emails in my in my box. So okay. I'll have to find it, Rob. I don't know where it, where it went. I just sent it here in the last hour. So uh, you sent it to raw voice or you sent it to geek news or geek news, geek news. Oh, there it is. It's only 20 down. All right. See if I can show this. Yeah, I won't be able to. See okay. It so let's do here. Five, six. There we go. Aha. So you can see me. Yeah. And you got your out. Oh, you wrote an outline for this show. Shame on you. No, no, that's my, <laughs> that's the copy that I wrote about. Oh, my, okay. My predictions. That's for, okay. Yeah. For the next year. Right. So that's kind of cool. Look, Hey, what's, what else is in that picture? That looks, oh, you're on the pod news website. I see. Uh-huh. Okay. So Rob Kirlin, take a screenshot there. <laughs> you say that Rob's got that up there as source material. Right. Uh, awesome. So you, uh, you'll have to share with us the model number of all that so we can take a look and use okay. an Android app, right? Or an Android tablet. Android right? tablet. Oh, all right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. An A7. It's one of their newer ones. Cool. But, yeah. Should have yeah. got an iPad. All right, everybody. I thought about it, but I didn't want to spend that much money. Oh, so. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to get out of here. Okay. Todd at Talk. blueberry.com at Geek News is my Twitter account. Rob? 
My Twitter account's at Rob Greenley as well. And uh, you can send me an email if you want, uh, robg at lipson.com. And Rob, I had to mention, I, I can see very clearly what, what, uh, what you're reading on the Pod News website. I'm uh-huh. sure the folks at Substack will be interested in knowing you're reading about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they launched a you know a podcast hosting platform. Shh, right? shh. another free one. Right. <laughs> Don't give right. them no free publicity. Don't give them any free publicity. Right. <laughs> Make them pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time here. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>